Hey, heavily pixelated listeners, I don't know if it's quite the right time for us to go back to business as usual. It's a bit of an understatement to say that the world has been a strange place the past few months. And as a response to that strangeness, we created the How to Feel Great series. But today I feel like going back to our regularly scheduled heavily pixelated programs. I feel like dealing with heavier, darker stuff. So today's episode comes with a trigger warning. If you are triggered by the subjects of violence and suicide, then you might want to skip today's episode. Without a doubt, 1993's Doom is one of the most maligned video games of all time. But can a violent video game like Doom help someone grieve? That's the question we are going to try to answer in today's episode of Heavily Pixelated. Heavily Pixelated is a show that attempts to describe all the positive things that games do for us. I'm Scott C. Jones. Hello, this is Alex from the VCC Center. How can I help you today? Meet Alex Duarte. Alex works as an IT professional here in Toronto. I talk to people like Alex all the time. Once every week or two, I'll have an issue with my phone or with my computer, with my router, with my video game console, and the Alexes of the world are there to help me. On December 6, 2016, I got a text from my older brother. Alex has two brothers. The oldest is Ronald, and the middle brother is Johnny. The text said, you need to come home straight after work. We've got some bad news. His brother wouldn't tell him what had happened, but Alex needed answers right now. And since he had the internet on his phone, Alex was able to find an answer. I actually, I actually went to Twitter and I tried to look through certain TTC notices. The TTC is what we call the subway here in Toronto. And I looked at someone tweeting, I think someone killed himself. Alex pressed Ronald for answers, and finally, they ended up on the phone. He told me that he, he... The he that Alex is referring to here is his middle brother, Johnny. He put himself in front of a subway from Victoria Park Station. Just to clarify, Alex's brother, Johnny, had committed suicide by throwing himself in front of a subway car. Alex hurried home, as Ronald had told him to do. It was my mom that took it the most harshest. After we told her the news, it was it was nothing but my mom just crying for hours. Alex's parents are first-generation immigrants from Nicaragua. My mom's a very strong, strong lady. She, she and my dad um, got out of a civil war that happened in the 1980s during a revolution in Nicaragua, and they had to immigrate to Canada as a refugee. They were both rejected for the first time, but with a miracle, thanks to Trudeau Sr., she was accepted the second time. My mom's been through a lot of things. You know, struggling from being a refugee to adjusting to being, becoming a citizen, working hard, getting food on our tables. But I, it was the first time in a long time where I saw mom, my mom just crying. Johnny's suicide happened in 2016, 
Even now, almost four years later, Alex is still trying to make sense of it, still trying to put the pieces back together again. I'm working at BMO. Uh, I work as a help desk analyst uh, in terms of IT work. Um, yep. Basically, if anyone has an issue on their computer, I'd be more than happy to help them uh, get them back up and running. I'm going to remember that next time I have trouble with my computer. It has to be BMO <laughs> related though, right? Uh, I'll, yeah. I, if I can Google it, I'll help. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a, more of a PC guy or are you an um, Apple guy? I'm PC, but I, I in, in terms of the IT world, you would definitely have to adapt. Everyone has their own custom tastes. Are you an introvert, Alex? Um, I would like to say I am, but the thing is, is that I like to still like get to know people. I, I like to understand other people's perspectives and, and understand why they think this way, why they like this thing. If it's related to me, I could also... Uh, share each other, almost like a bond kind of thing. I still enjoy bonds. In my job, I have to make a bond. As an IT person, even with my knowledge, I feel like you have to understand the, the person's issue. You have to know their name. You have to know uh, where they're residing because if they're at home or in the office, you have to understand where they're in. They're maybe in a situation that they're not comfortable in and you want to make them as comfortable as possible. In the technical world, there is literally a protocol that is handshaking each other just to yeah. acknowledge that one connection goes to another. Even though it may seem all metallic and inorganic, there is a semblance of connection that machines are making in order to get information from one to another. So yes. it's really weird. There's, it's both an inorganic and organic. I like helping people. Every time I, I resolve an issue for them, they have a smile on their face thinking, oh my goodness, I can actually do my thing without being That's stressful right. anymore. And it's, That's it's, right. It always seems like a small miracle. So that's the reason why I haven't gone away. You've gone to a different world. The, the support people who do tech support, computer troubleshooting, like they seem like miracle workers to me, man. Uh, you know what? The, you know what they are? They're very stubborn. Whenever I see a problem, I, I, I will not give up. I want to yeah. get this thing get rid of as soon as possible so both you and me can have a pleasant day. Not surprisingly, Alex is still combing over his memories of Johnny trying to explain the unexplainable. It all started when my brother was diagnosed with a personality disorder, maybe in like 2014, 2013. When living with him, he was always getting drunk. He'd always research more into his origin. By origin, Alex means Johnny's Mayan origins. And we couldn't really find a way to really stop him from acting this way and it would happen irregularly happening at nights happen in the mornings all of us worked except for him he was mostly by himself he tried to go to college but it didn't work out and he had to come back and then much to everyone's astonishment johnny decided to get a face tattoo the tipping point of where the fighting happened was he he decided to get a face tattoo Oh boy, he got one of those uh, tribal ones. Sure. Do, do you know? Do you know uh, Mike Tyson? He got that, but a little bit more on the cheek. He thought that was the raddest thing. He he wanted to prove, almost like um, his Mayan ancestors that he was yep. he was with them. And then one night, Johnny had conflict with his mother and father. All of a sudden, I got. I got a call from my, my older brother, Ronald, and he called me saying that my mom and dad had been stabbed. 
Your mom and dad have been stabbed. You can hear the surprise in my voice. I did not know that this was part of the story. Yes. What? What okay. happened? Um, so Johnny stabbed your mom and dad? Yeah. And, oh my God. And the thing is, is that my mom and pet and dad uh, couldn't reach the phone at the time. So mm -hmm. they were stabbed and yet they still had to go outside and yell to someone to call 911. When the police were able to get there, they, they had to shoot my brother because he was in a psychotic episode. He was lunging oh, at he was lunging out at one of the police officers. I found a news story about this in the Toronto Star. The police officers tasered Johnny several times. The tasers had no effect, so they had no choice but to shoot him. Oh boy. And Alex, I'm so sorry. It, yeah, it's it's once we got confirmed that my mom and dad uh were okay. Uh, they were both. They were both in. All three of them were in separate uh, hospital rooms, and at the time when when I got back home, everything like windows, couches, TV, yeah. everything was broken. Everything with, with a knife. This is very hard mm -hmm. to hear, and it must be hard for you to talk about, but. Can you, like, tell me how you processed this? How did this news that Johnny had stabbed your mom and dad and that Johnny had been taken, uh, been shot by the police, like, how did you, how did, how did you digest something like that? Um, I... I, w I would say I don't know if I I, I felt anything. I I just because like yeah. I've been all this entire time I've been dealing with my brother, drunken episodes, just just nonstop just talk like nonstop talking where you because he would just keep going and going and I almost felt numb. I can hear that in your voice. Like part of me still feels like the reality of this is still kind of far away from you. And, and maybe it needs to be far away from you because feeling it might be too hard for you. This is a lot to hear about. And I can't imagine what it must have been like to try to live through that. These people who you know and love and are related to, people you've known all your life, to have such violence between them. Alex's mother and father and brother, all in separate hospital rooms, eventually got discharged. Johnny at that point obviously couldn't stay in the house any longer, so he got his own apartment, a basement apartment. I didn't like my childhood. The only thing I can really remember were video games, and to be honest, like everything else has been a large blur in my mind. I was, I was definitely a quiet kid. My mom told me as a, as a baby, I was very loud or as a baby, apparently I cried a lot. I yelled a lot. Later on, it was discovered I had a learning disability until late high school. I was in a learning disability class. Even if I did try to learn and do my best, I would still be stuck in that special class. In high school, um, music was a very big thing for me. I, I played the baritone. 
I don't even know what a baritone is. What Ex- is it? Exactly. Uh, it's it's. It, I'd like to think of it as a mini tuba. It's, it's like a middle between a trumpet and a tuba. I just like, hey, teacher, what's left? Like, yeah. everyone else is taking the popular instruments. I'll, yeah. I'll take Spare whatever. Drum. Like tech support, Alex took the baritone and turned it into a way to connect. Once I learned my thing, I was able to teach others, and that was that was that was a nice feeling. It was a very satisfying feeling as a kid just to do that. This is really like the first kind of social group that you felt comfortable and confident in. Is that is that true? I would say so. I never really had like a a, a solid foundation of friends. While Alex and I were doing the interview, I found out that his parents were in Costa Rica. They'd gotten stranded there during the pandemic so he was alone which made me worry you're all by yourself are you okay um yeah i'm a, like I'm a little I'm worried okay. about you yeah i'm living uh i'm able to do my groceries you know <laughs> that's the thing i don't like to say uh you know when I, when someone says how are you doing i i don't like to say i'm good i'm well yeah. i just like to say i'm living that's that's I'm how living. i am yeah i'm yeah. living When I was in high school, I was hanging in this corner with these other kids and like they were just chilling. There's one person in the lockers, he slapped me, he bullied me. I ended up being a victim to his assault. There was a police involvement. Johnny heard what had happened to Alex and he took matters into his own hands. Once my brother figured out I was slapped and beaten, he decided to beat him back. That's when things kind of get sidetracked to the point where both of them got suspended. So both the bully and Johnny got suspended. But in the long run, the bully was allowed to graduate, but Johnny was not. He graduated, but my brother didn't. The bully graduated. He, yeah. I, and seeing him graduate just, just still, uh, I, I, it was very hard for me. Definitely angered me at the time. Yeah. But, um... Why wouldn't it? Of course it's going to anger you. It makes sense. Alex still wonders if not graduating, not being allowed to graduate because he was simply protecting Alex. Maybe this was one of the dominoes that led to the face tattoo, the stabbing, and the eventual suicide. How can Alex not wonder this? The, the way that our family dealt with drama was within the family and that's it you don't you don't talk about it you just you just deal deal with whatever's happening in the moment just but he's a he's a violent guy like he has a history of violence uh and but he also had a sweetness in him too because he was the guy that when he saw you being bullied stepped in to defend you yeah and that's that's love man yeah, it is love. That's the right thing. That's he loved you. I would try from time to time just to get along with him. Even like during Christmas, like there are times where he just he just fought with me. I remember specifically one Christmas, he just just punched me in the face. I wanted to fight back and I didn't. And it's just like this, this is like huge struggle within me. I wasn't the kind of person that likes to fight back. So your brother sounds like he had a lot of anger in him. Yeah. Uh, he was he was angry about something that maybe he did not fully understand. I think just the matter of when he couldn't graduate and he, he I just have a feeling that he, he wasn't as, he didn't get the respect that he felt like he deserved. 
after this the suicide my mom wanted me to photoshop his face so it didn't have the the tattoo on it for the obituary alex's mother asked alex to photoshop the tattoo off johnny's face which is a very grim thing to do when you're grieving and i think honestly that was that was the first time where uh i th i think i just cried after he got out of jail he changed he was always a quiet person in in, in a basement with dis disability money and just just trying to survive. I think that's what he always was. After the suicide, Alex went to Johnny's basement apartment. I w went to the basement apartment that he was renting. All that was there was just a bed, his just just lots and lots of garbage. There was there was nothing. There's there was no note. There was this Facebook account that like looking through his account, I nothing. There, there was there was no posting. There wasn't no like and anything to, to to verify like I was alive. No video, no note, no writings. I was trying to find anything just to was there anything to prove that he was even here since I last saw him. It just felt like empty. Like, dude, am I going to be like my brother one day? Am I going to be alone and just, just, just quiet? That's what haunts me sometimes. When did you feel like you, you sort of became regular Alex again? Th that was the first time where I could talk to someone and I felt like I could be me. I feel like my brother didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. Like, I, it's, I still think it's hard making friends, like when you're in your 30s. They're a finite resource. F finding a good friend, it could take some of your pain. And I, I just hope, you know, like, I can do the same with someone else one day. When I got into the video game business, I felt such emotional catharsis because I felt like I had finally found my tribe. And I, I felt like these are people who have similar values to mine. They speak the same language that I speak. And I just didn't feel alone anymore. And, and you know, I've been in the video game business, working in media and, and now more on the production side for uh, 20 years. And I guess listening to your story and listening to the differences between Johnny and Alex, I do feel like you are part of this tribe that I'm in. And I, I think some people never find a tribe. Doesn't sound like Johnny ever really found a tribe for himself. And I, and, and that makes me so sad. And it makes me so gra grateful for what I have, thanks to people, you know, like yourself. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're gamers, man. <laughs> like, this is the shit we like. And, you know, I, I, I can't always explain it. And that's partly why I make the show, but it's wonderful. Alex, you've been through so much, man. Like, I think I've been through stuff in my life, but it's it's nothing compared to what you've been through. I'm so glad that you, you know, you didn't turn into like a crackhead or just go wander the streets or like you could have. Yeah. You know, some people choose that and, and their, you know, their choice is justified because of the trauma they've been through. 
but you didn't and uh you're still out there and, and you know you're still shining the bright light and in, into the dark corners you're living your life and, and i'm happy you are The way that I like to game is I, I love single-player games. The game that Alex turned to, surprisingly enough, was Doom 2016. I'm not big on shooters. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a more JRPG or yep. like very, like, I like story-driven games. It's, but I felt like I, like I needed to prove myself. That was just the one game that I really, I wanted to test myself for sure uh, to, yeah. to prove myself I could do it. And I did, man. It was, it was rough. When I played it, I tried to play it as best difficulty as I could. And so I did Ultra Violence. The, the right from the one. start? Right from the start, yeah. Oh my God, you're it, such a weirdo. I, I know. I, I I hate difficult games, but this was the one thing where like, I, I need to prove myself. I think I can do this. And it was, it was brutal. Yeah. That is, bru that is brutal. Like Ultra Violence is like... I just feel like the, the demons are abusing me. I, I, I never feel like I have a chance. I can't believe that that's, that's what you started with. Yep. Are you, are you bullshitting me, man? No, I, I think I have the achievement. Alex is most definitely not bullshitting me. He did, in fact, finish Doom 2016 on Ultraviolence. Ultraviolence and then Nightmare is after Ultraviolence? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you tried to play Doom 2016 on Nightmare. Yes. And for how long before you gave up? Two hours. <laughs> and you were like, this is just too much for me. Do I like causing pain to myself? <laughs> yes. That's always the question, right? Mm -hmm. Am I enjoying this? Am I still having fun? Am I making progress in any of these battles? Is this a battle I can actually win? I would be doubting myself every step of the way. The key thing about 20, Doom 2016 is that you have to be aggressive. And seeing a horde of enemies in front of you, uh, usually my instincts would tell me to hide behind a wall, hope my health would regenerate, and just just let, let the demons pass by. This game doesn't do that. In this game, it punishes you for hiding. The second that you even stop, it causes massive damage to yourself. You're told right from the start that you have to keep moving. It kept telling me to keep living. It kept telling me that I have to find an excuse to keep going. I don't think my brother ever had that. You know, the thing I also like and respect about the, the Doom experience, and I felt this all the way back in the 90s, you know, it's a game that traffics in despair. It doesn't shy away from pushing you into really bad situations. In fact, if anything, it, it sort of specializes in the art of sort of raising the stakes and, and making it more difficult for you. There was just an arena I just kept dying over and over and over again. In 2016? In 2016. Ah, oh, you're literally dead if you're in this corner. You can't stop moving. You can't. Like, otherwise you're dead. I'm sure you're, you have similar strategy when you play, but I always, I look for a path around an arena and I just make that my path and I stick to my path. And if I stray from the path, I get into trouble. But the way that I win the room is by staying on the path and just chipping away at everybody. And then eventually they all start to fall. Yeah, yeah, that was... Whew. Uh... <laughs> uh... 
if you don't do this step, you're going to die. You have to do right. this step, the next step, like shoot the turrets, take care of the heavy guys. It is a very calculated shooter. It's intense and it's cerebral. You have to bring your intellect. You have to have strategy. You have to know to take that plasma rifle off the top of the Arachnotron's head mm -hmm. or, or else you're going to be in, in deep shit. Figuring out all the nuances of all the enemies in the game is one of the, the great pleasures of, of Doom. Just like in life, you know, you, there's there's a lot of struggles that you have to go through. But but once you persevere, once you keep going, once you know you, you can you can get over it, it's definitely a lifelong lesson. Alex will very likely never get the clarity that he longs for. And I think he's still full of frustration and anger. He sounds gentle and sounds reasonable, but there's still rage in his heart. It's bubbling just beneath the surface. I think in some ways playing Doom 2016 on ultraviolence was a way for him to exercise some of his anger and some of his sadness. And I know this sounds crazy, but part of me wonders if Alex was looking for Johnny down there, in the levels of hell, among the demons. Hey, buddy. This is Marty Stratton and Hugo Martin, the creative leads at id Software, makers of Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. Hey, salutations. Yeah, how's it going? Great, great to meet you. Go ahead and tell your story. Yeah, so um, so at around November, December of 2016, um, I was, uh, my brother uh, committed suicide. It was a situation where basically he was living by himself uh, due to him stabbing my parents. Marty and Hugo are no doubt overwhelmed at this point. When I got the call saying that he was, he uh, got hit by a subway. I felt numb. I felt like the world was going down on me. Once all our family um, finished crying and we went to our, uh, our own separate places, I, I, felt the, I felt like the only thing I could do was play Doom 2016. I felt like it was the biggest crutch I could lean on. It felt like something I could definitely rely on, something I, I, I could cope with. It got me through. I just personally want to thank both of you so much. Your team at id Software has supported me so much emotional support than than, than ever. And I, I truly, truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. That's yeah. amazing. Very, I mean, obviously, very, very sorry for, for <laughs> everything you've gone through. That's, that's horrible. Uh, I, I honestly can't, can't relate to, to that and wouldn't, wouldn't even try. You know the work of the team and the game, um, you know, helps you helps you through that. It is, I mean, it's it's certain. I wouldn't say it's the the reason we do it, but we know how important it is. It's fantastic to hear that it that it helped you in that way. We really really appreciate you sharing that. The thing that really helped me with with Alex's story was when he told me that Doom showed him literally showed him that if if he wanted to survive, if he wanted to continue living. Just like in Doom, he needed to, to get moving. Like, you cannot stand still. You cannot just let the grief wash over you. Yeah, that, that's, that's especially when, when I was playing Doom Eternal. The iterations of what I saw of Doom Guy was he was, a lot of people accepted who he was. 
he was this raging barbaric, but he collected toys, he collected guitars. He was this character that kept evolving to his own man. Everyone has a Doom guy deep inside. I would like to think so. Well, that's 100% like our goal. It's the purest form of escapism, you know, like all, all entertainment media, whether it's diving into a good book or losing yourself in an amazing film or playing in a, you know, a video game for 20 hours where you're inside that world. I think the, one of the benefits of, of doing that is you get to lose yourself. People yeah. call it a flow state or whatever. Yeah. And whatever's going on in your life, it's just appreciated. You know, it, it's, it's why we focus on the fun. And we want that form of escapism for us to be, to be smiles. That's it. Everything we do, yes, it's over-the-top violence and everything, but everything is done with a wink and a smile. And it's this incredible cartoonish power fantasy that we hopefully you're smiling throughout. It is part of why we do it, you know, just to provide people with that form of escape, escapism that's pure fun. You know, the Doom Slayer would, wouldn't give up, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, that's kind of the point of his story. He's relentless. He just overcomes obstacles. The fact that we could create something that could have that meaning to someone else who's going through something hard in their life is 100% amazing. It's interesting to hear you tell the the story, Alex, and then and then obviously, you know, Hugo relate so many of the things that went into to developing Doom, um, and and the character. And and I'm such a believer in in like you know any kind of entertainment is almost like you can you can feel like the energy and and what mm. you know what the team, kind of like what the performers or the team. Uh, the, the energy that they put into it, you can kind of get that back out on the other side, whether it's a play or a movie or something like that. And I think it's no different with the game. I mean, I think actually when you look back and we've told the story, you know, many times about the the kind of the start of Doom 2016 and what the team, what our team was going through. And certainly it was, it was nothing like a, a death that, you know, in, in the family, but for, mm. for a company, we were going through a pretty traumatic time. We, we had a lot of turnover um, we were trying to change, uh, uh, the company quite a bit. We were, um, we were building the team. We were changing the culture. We had just canceled, uh, you know, a version of, of doom that we'd worked on for a couple years. And it was a really tough time. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the things that people, I say it all the time with doom eternal, like you can feel, I, I think people can, can feel the confidence of mm-hmm. our team in doom eternal and, and like the scope of it and the scale of it and, and just what a what a even more confident game it is than than Doom 2016. But when you look back to Doom 2016 and some of the things you're relating to, that's what the team was 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 feeling too. I mean, it was this kind of need to be very uh, you know just push through, just kind mm-hmm. of you know it, a, a lot of a lot of what you see the Doom Slayer do, the kind of no nonsense, just get the job done. Um, you know, to the, to the best of your ability, slay your demons, all mm. of that kind of stuff. You can, you can draw a lot of parallels. So I, th- I think the things that you feel when you play it are actually things that the team was going through. A hero is only as strong as the enemies he defeats. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing your story with us, Alex. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, you, you're in, if, if our game inspired you, you have just inspired us right back, my friend. So yep. uh, to, to, to keep working hard and as... As, uh, as he said, like, try to, to not stop. Big thanks to Marty Stratton and Hugo Martin at id Software. Thanks also to Bethesda Softworks, Nick Patterson, Liz Rowland, 
Adam Leonard, and Jesse Attard. Follow Alex Duarte on Twitter. He is at mhe123. He as in H-E-E. If you're feeling a little down or you're feeling depressed, you're having suicidal thoughts, go to crisisservicecanada.ca or you can call 1-833-456-4566. 1-833-456-4566. Alex wants you to donate to a charity called Eva's Print Shop that helps homeless youth. Go to evasevas.ca. All songs in today's episode can be found on the Free Music Archive, freemusicarchive.org, including Vecina by Cernodit, Dry Air by Poddington Bear, I Heard the Bells of Old Lang Syne by Jordan Gladstone, and Always the Tease Made, Never the Tease by Dr. Turtle. If you enjoy Heavily Pixelated and you'd like to support us, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash heavilypixelated. There you can find a ton of bonus materials, including plenty of extras from today's episode. That call with Marty and Hugo went on for like 20 minutes, seriously. And it's all available to Patreon subscribers. Go to patreon.com backslash heavily pixelated. Heavily Pixelated is produced by Sarah Deacons. Technical producer is Steven Nikolic. We sincerely hope that everybody's staying safe and social distancing, and, and we're gonna get through this together. If anybody has comments or questions, send it to heavilypix at gmail.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, I'm Scott C. Jones. We'll see you next time. Thanks again, Alex. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend, my friend, and, and stay away from other people. Isolate. <laughs> I will. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank we'll you. talk soon. Okay, Thank bye. You. Bye. <sighs> Okay. Uh, 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 uh.